0: Welcome to our podcast, We Got The Nod A new and bold internet radio show designed for those who are on a conscious path of awakening
1: We are here to uplift and inspire you To share practical tools and techniques To assist you stepping into your highest expression. As spirit having a human experience.
0: We will get raw and real, sharing kundalini yoga, music, poetry and mantra, and so much more.
1: Let us open our hearts and minds to our true potential, making the impossible possible, the surreal
0: real. Let's begin! So I'm going to tune in in a moment, and then we'll begin with part two of "From Plant Medicine to Jesus Christ" with your host Hari Ram Charles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to tune in with the with the bowls, <clears throat> specifically our alchemy bowls. If you can join me, then put your hands together at the heart. Om. Oh Jugaan gurei nama, Jugaan gurei inhale deeply, spend the breath, I can bow you exhale, okay, welcome back to part two of our three-part series where I chronicle three separate stories of salvation, rescue, (laughs) the master himself coming to my aid in times of of need. All three moments uh, under the influence of powerful plant medicine. Yes, and and yesterday, in the first uh, installment I started with the background, and discovered it's it's difficult to condense the background story with 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 Yeshua Jesus, and also the plant medicine path that I have followed at various points in my life, starting early in my teens. That's why I felt uh, somewhat, you know, inspired to to share some of the. Stories from my youth and my teens, especially with Jesus in my youth. But n- another good memory just came to me from one of my earliest memories, when I was a young boy, maybe seven or so. I remember, and I don't, I don't know how, when, the the this impulse first came at such an early age. But I, I, I became somewhat fascinated with death, and there hadn't been any death in my immediate family either, so. But I, I remember being so curious and intrigued by this whole notion, this concept of dying that I I, I decided it's my own way to, to explore death. To, to, I guess it was my earliest psychodrama experience or one of them. Right? So I, 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 was in, I remember being at least doing it probably more than once, but one time I can remember being in the basement, the recreation room of our house, you know, down under, and kind of alone um, on the floor, and I remember it was quite dark, or maybe I, you know, it started before the dusk came, and it, so I remember it was, it was quite dark, and and then just allowing myself to kind of dissolve into the darkness and into. Feel into what death could, could be like, and um, so you know it makes sense in terms of things that came later. Some of the things I touched on yesterday, you know, for my teens and, and the, the escape aspect uh, in the negative sense. You know, I think I got as far as my my college years when I was ended up in the business program and hating it and, and using hashish and alcohol. I was drink, I was drinking a lot of uh, stout at the time dark beer and not time but enough to get get high I threw a little hash I wasn't happy (laughs) um and then of course the moment finally came when I I couldn't take it any longer and I just walked out I walked literally walked out of university and it's worth mentioning because I did I, I didn't share this yesterday either in the chronology and sometimes the chronology such a Put aside. Linear linear time is an illusion anyway. In 1986, when I was only 23 years old, my sister Paula decided to take her own life. Uh, as you can imagine, it was it, that was a huge uh, life changing moment for myself, others close to her. I I was actually at the time, I was in business school and hating it. So it was that same mo. And I think that was the extra catalyst. Her her death, her sudden death. None of us expected for me to to walk away from from everything. Because in a sense, I felt like everything I had done, all my studies, especially going back to to school to upgrade my maths and sciences, so I could get into the the right programs. I was. Th- I was even considering medicine before I ended up in business school, and then all of a sudden, just walking away with nothing, nothing to show, <laughs> for all of that effort and struggle and suffering. I. I, I was literally suffering uh, in this business program, um, and even the two mm, first years of university. Uh, kind of pre-business I was because I, I had to do the, the prerequisites you know and the only electives I had I, where it was a clue to about where my heart really was if I had any electives it was creative writing uh, literature things totally unrelated to you know really to <laughs> to business well of course yeah creative writing we can apply any of these things yeah anyhow Paula, Decided to leave. Um, and that's a whole other series of talks. In fact, we have a podcast here at the School of Nod. It's called We Got the Nod. Maybe we can post it in the comments or something like this. But We Got the Nod. You can find it on Spotify, all the major platforms, iTunes, etc. And uh, we're up to almost 40, maybe 39 episodes. There's a... Um, well, there's a series of episodes on the subject of suicide, three. I know I speak about Paula there. She she shows up in a few um, podcasts. We got the nod. Check it out. And I'm mentioning Paula, too, because of this moment I wanted to share today before we get to our, our second story, healing story, with plant medicine and Yeshua, Jesus. And... After, after her death, and she was like a twin to me, by the way. We, even though we weren't born twins, she was born 18 months after me. We're almost the same height. She's very tall, beautiful, blonde hair, and got kind of a strong physique you know, for a woman. Androgynous, like me. Right? We were kind of like, so, yeah, we're kind of twins in that sense. It was quite devastating, as you can imagine, because I didn't expect it, even though I knew she was having some difficulties. not expect her to to go to that extreme so it took me eight years eight full years it was on the anniversary of her death that i finally went to the scene of her suicide she jumped off a bridge in toronto where i grew up and that was the first time so this would be um 1994 eight years after her death i went with my partner at the time and uh, we we started our our ceremony. I brought I brought a uh, couple of flowers, <laughs> rose rose flowers. I think I only had one actually for Paula. We started at, on the bridge, and we had some reports as to where she was. I wasn't quite sure, so went to a spot that felt right. Very mm-hmm. emotional for me, as you can imagine, and. Uh, there was there was an interesting wind. It was kind of gusty wind that day. So it would be June 11th because that's the day that I celebrate her departure. Yeah, because in many ways it's a celebration, especially now, because she was suffering. She was in the psychiatric ward, being pumped with some very toxic drugs, which more or less turned her into a zombie. You know that that's. <laughs> Again, a whole other <laughs> series of podcasts. That the medical system, the medical mafia, what they've done, especially with with psychiatric care, mental health. It's it's quite shocking, you know. Even now, seems they haven't made many, much progress, which makes this wonder, makes me wonder what, what's really going on. What's the real agenda here? Because uh, it was hard to see her in that state, you know, under, under um, the influence of these toxic medi- medicines. I'm not really exaggerating when I use the word zombie, you yep. know? So, and here's an interesting thing about the, the the courage, her courage and her strength. That's why I say this was, it was a good thing. That she, there was an eyewitness that saw her on the bridge and she got up on the rail, you know, on the, you know, she, she walked up and stood on the the railing kind of thing, overlooking the, you know, the river below. This is a small river way down so a long way up this bridge was perfect height for this and, and perfectly uh, located close to the hospital where she was staying at the time <clears throat> i don't know how she got out but right <laughs> you know, there's there's all these different parts of her courage and you know conviction to 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 fix this problem it's her second stage she wasn't getting the, the support from the family unfortunately it was part of you know, my great uh, sadness at the time regret that I was not able to support her in the time of need the way she needed. So the eyewitness saw her get up, stand up on the, on the ledge, kind of the railing, what have you, um, and then hesitate before stepping back down onto the bridge. So there was actually a moment of hesitation she, um, as you can imagine, I, you know, <laughs> I think myself in the same case, I probably would have done the same thing. Do I really want to do this, even though it's, I imagine thought different thoughts, of course, the influence of the, me- the medicines, you know, all of that. Hard to hard to say in any sense of, of you know, peace <laughs> in a moment like this. She did get down, and then after another moment, so that the witness saw her get back up second time on the edge, on the ledge, if you will, and this time she, she leaped. I think the paramedics arrived and she discovered her body uh, close to that little river, because there's not enough water to... to... <laughs> To even break the fall like, at all. She was still alive, however, strong, right? Strong woman is a long, long way down. But she her body was still um, alive for some time. I hope she didn't, you know, pray of course she didn't suffer. And I don't think she did for a number of reasons. And that moment, so this is part one. I'm on the bridge and I the wind, this magical wind came out, and I and I associate wind with Paula. So I knew I felt something was unusual right? and then I it was her I felt for the first time that it took eight years even though my partner was more intuitive more sensitive she knew that Paula was wanting to communicate with me and others and probably I was the best chance because I was the the, you know, the, <laughs> the black sheep of the family the one who was more open to this kind of thing right? communicating with with the dead and so on and and my partner happened to be very intuitive, and she, so she was aware uh, when Paula was there wanting to connect. But it wasn't until this moment at the bridge where I, I felt myself, I felt her presence. And it was very touching, of course. It's still a, the, on the bridge, I, I I decided to drop the the rose, a single red rose, off the side. And I watched slowly as, you know, as the rose floated, kind of, The wind was playing with a little bit, kind of like this, all the way down, and it's case to be, even though, as as I said, the river is more like a creek almost. The rose flower managed to touch the water when it landed, and I, I, you know, it's long way down. It seemed that there was one, at least one, petal kind of broke off um, at contact with with the, uh, the water, and that whole moment, that whole. Time, this moment watching the, the rose fall was just mm, beyond description. Yeah, it, felt, it was a very profound uh, moment for me. Tear, tears were flowing out. Yeah. yeah, and then we went down, we, we made our way down to the bottom to, to do a little ceremony to honor her passing down the riverbank there and I say all of this because it was huh it wasn't short soon after this I'd have to work out the dates but I my long dark night of the soul began in the same year that same year when I did that ceremony interesting I don't think I was yet in it but the, the good news is I came out of it 18 months later the end of October 1996, I had what my experience taught, you know, showed me is a, a spiritual awakening, rebirth, which included the Christ. I, I say Christ because it felt like the the the, the 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 League of Angels. In this case, it didn't feel like, like the stories I'm sharing now and the one I'm about to share that came later. With Jesus Himself, it was more like the the, the welcoming committee. When that moment happened, so there was a series of events that happened at this time, beginning of November '96, uh, including this visitation. It was beautiful, profound. These were all timeless moments. Where, yeah, it felt like a welcoming committee saying welcome to the to the Christ team, if you will. And close to that. And these were all these all these um, miraculous mm, ceremonies. that will happen at night, and I was I was living uh, in this house. The top two floors. The, the top floor was the loft. You know, the, the roof like this. So it was a kind of pyramid shape. And and, and at each time I had these profound moments like the, the Christ experience, I was in the loft, <laughs> often uh, just lying, relaxing on bed on my bed. Um, alone and and, and likewise when, when Paula came I was I was resting in bed just lying down and I felt I felt this imaginary hand or, <laughs> there was no physical presence I was wearing but I felt this hand grasp mine, and immediately this flood of warm energy you know life force flooding my body and at the same moment flashes of Paula and all these memories Perhaps you know what that's like, like a reel, this, this life reel of all the moments that we shared together flashing before my mind's eye. So I knew right away that mm-hmm. the tears were flowing Now I knew that she, had, she would come again. And yeah, I could go on about this particular night when, when, the, when the awakening happened. It was after, as I said, 18 months of, of total darkness deep depression. Um, and, and probably Paul had something to do with this too, that I did not even consider, really consider suicide. Because you know, when, when depression lasts for 18 months, it can become almost you know, unbearable. I was, I was suffering from insomnia. Uh, but so my energy was really low. Uh, all my communication skills seemed to just go out the window. I wasn't able to... Communicate even with my family, my closest friends. I was so I was isolating myself a lot, and just wondering even how, just how to get by, how to get by day to day at times. And then the awakening, profound, and maybe because Jesus didn't show Himself directly to me at that time, I did not associate directly with with the Christ. Even though I had, as I said, I had that beautiful Christ moment when the, the League of Angels, you know, okay. came to my room to, to offer a welcome and, and and comfort. I say this all because it was leading in towards the, the second story, the second plant medicine experience, which happened in Ontario. Okay, so. Um, we're going to fast forward now. So this first awakening in 1996. And now we're, wow. <laughs> fast forward to 2012. Again, right? so hmm, it's 16, yeah, 16 years later. <laughs> a lot has happened in that time, a lot of good stuff, a lot of traveling. It's interesting because at, before this first awakening, I didn't travel so much little bit, mostly in, within Canada, and a few trips down to the Caribbean. Short trips after the awakening, after '96, I basically started traveling for real and didn't stop. I haven't stopped here. I'm in Guatemala now, <laughs> telling the story. Um, so I've had some amazing, miraculous journeys and, and meetings and so on in the, in these years and, and since, of course, since 2012. Suffice to say, now I'm I'm living in Quebec. 2012, I've been in Quebec since 2006. Montreal for three years and moving to the forest, off-grid 2009. So I've been there for a few years in the forest. This is the spring. So actually it's before the, the ceremony, that double ceremony that we spoke about yesterday, which was back in Quebec, September 11th, 9-11 and September 12th, the same year. Now I'm going, I'm going to take Take you back a little bit, back to the spring. Um, Probably around March, March 2012. I find myself in Ontario. I still have some good connections there. And for this particular ceremony, I was drawn to go to... uh, the Muskoka Huntsville area—it's a beautiful area of northern Ontario, say about four four hours or more north of Toronto, where I grew up. And uh, it's like a friend of a friend. This is a shaman uh, who spent some time in uh, South America, among other places, uh, journeying with. Ayahuasca, again, as you mentioned yesterday, and other plant medicines. He, uh, he likes doing psilocybin, <laughs> magic mushrooms. And so I've, I've gotten in from a friend who also wants to do this ceremony, a good friend from Toronto, that our host is going to provide the medicine and the uh, space for us to trip on psilocybin and I'm like okay why not (laughs) 2012 it's been a while and and of course for me kind of my my personality being all or nothing I decided well if I'm going to do this I'm going to do it for real like the heroic dose yeah I was even considering five grams I didn't go that far (laughs) I'm glad right on his advice too right because I mentioned Terrence McKenna yesterday anyone who He's done any serious tripping and uh, research on on psilocybin? Knows this name, Terence McKenna. He did a lot of research, wrote books, gave lectures about mushrooms, and all the crazy things we can expect. The way he said it, this and I, I like I, I appreciate his sense of humor. He reminds me of Osho in some ways, except that Osho was not uh, not endorsing. Magic mushrooms for, to his people. <laughs> um, it's worth saying too, just on the Osho scene. He, because of his nature, he was he was he was not saying don't do it either. Osho is all about freedom. We have to learn. We have to have, give ourselves the freedom to, yeah, to develop our own moral compass, find our moral compass, develop our own ethics within, in accordance with you know what other what other. You know, teachings that we come across that we feel resonance with, of course. Um, yeah, and what Terence McKenna said, I, I mentioned one thing yesterday. One, I'll, I'll just r- repeat that quote first. He said, if, if you don't feel like you've taken too much, i.e. psilocybin, plant medicine, then you haven't taken enough. Here's what he said about the heroic dose, Okay roughly five grams depends on your weight body weight so in my case five grams could be or thereabouts you said the difference between taking one gram or even two grams and the and five is with with one gram of magic mushrooms you'll 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 laugh have some you know Good laughs, and maybe see some, you know, have some tunnel vision and see some beautiful, you know, images and what have you. Have some nice vision, but he says you won't get visited by the the elves. <laughs> the elves. He loved to talk about the elves. Um, maybe I didn't take enough. I didn't get to that point, and I and I have no regrets. <laughs> but I took three and a half grams for this. Ceremony, which began uh, in the afternoon inside a beautiful teepee. Yeah, our friend had a kind of traditional Native teepee with the, with the fire pits in the center. So of course, there's a hole at the top for the smoke. And so yeah, well, this is this is kind of cool, right? Uh, eating magic mushrooms inside a teepee, traditional Native style teepee with with the wood fire. Um, it started okay. It was a small group of us kind of sitting around the, the, you know, the periphery of the inside the teepee. Um, and, I, and I'm sure, like with the previous, well, <laughs> the, the next ceremony that I spoke about yesterday, which will come later in September, there was some apprehension. So I said, I haven't I hadn't been doing much, any uh, serious plant medicine for quite a few years um so there was some apprehension as well and I felt I felt comforted again with the sh- with the shaman he, he, his partner was there too to, to assist him uh and my my good friend was sitting close to me too <laughs> although I'm, I know if, looking back there were times where I felt like he was a million miles away <laughs> you know when you get into it once the effects take place you don't know where gonna take us, yeah. Hence the apprehension. And it wasn't long before I started to encounter some some of that apprehension in different ways showing up as as fear, different manifestations of fear, and perhaps yeah, you know, just that suspensefulness and and, and because the influence of my body being very sensitive to the heart rate is going up. Right, this is this is poison. It's right? psilocybin is a poison. It's toxic, right? So the heart rate is it goes up. Uh, kidneys too can, can, can affect the kidneys pretty pretty soon into it. You know, so it can be cold. There's often the feeling of coldness, right? Even when the place is you know we've got the fire there, feeling of um, kind of empty coldness inside. Um, <clears throat> I don't remember a lot of the details, and and for me again, it's not the purpose of this sharing. The purpose again is is the the appearance of the master in my time of need, because things didn't go so well, as I said, <laughs> and I know that my friend too, I learned later, and even during the ceremony, he was having some real challenges too. Borderline kind of stuff, right? Kind of like I described yesterday for the the ayahuasca ceremony. It seems in all three of these, because I'll get to, tomorrow. I'll speak about the third in the series. All three of these ceremonies. One way to describe them, one link besides Yeshua coming, <laughs> the right moment, was the theme of mental health and the spectrum right exploring that whole spectrum of bipolar uh borderline schizophrenia and you know full-on schizophrenia that type of thing this is why i speak about the human condition i used to say that it is bipolarism which we used to call manic depression this is the human condition more or less now and for some time i've been (laughs) maybe since then (laughs) i that triple ceremony experience i i prefer to say that the human condition is a type of schizophrenia we say it's somewhere on that spectrum right between like total full-on paranoid schizophrenia and over here norm normalcy and i i put quotation marks in the air because what is normal you know (laughs) Uh, if we're going to see a psychiatrist the chances are what they consider normal is not Really normal, right? It's just helping us to fit into an abnormal, dysfunctional, even dare I say, schizophrenic society. Yeah. So, so there I was again in that place of having to encounter my own. I mean, and again, what's the difference? Is it my own or the collective psyche, the collective madness? And and looking for ways and, and, and at different times during the, because the ceremony went on for quite a few hours. The shaman at different times offered assistance in various ways. Mm -hmm. uh, For for one, when I felt like, okay, it's time to leave. It was warm enough, it's spring, because spring comes a little late Mm -hmm. in in northern Ontario. There was a nice sunny day, I remember, and and there was one time I was like, i want to go out, right? (laughs) Out of the teepee. And I remember that the shaman coming to my side put, kind of putting his arm around me saying go ahead go go explore you know? uh he probably says i was feeling some hesitancy <clears throat> some trepidation like what to do if i go out of the of the teepee where to like you know am i going to just go and disappear into the forest or something? um i didn't go too far away and i don't think it was that long after i found myself back in the house not in the teepee but i had moved to the house and, and some others were also moving in that direction for whatever reason because this is where the intervention happened now it's dark okay so some time has passed still very much under the influence of this powerful you know plant medicine psilocybin still struggling with it too and just before the intervention happened I was again. I was receiving more direct attention from the shaman in this in this case, his partner too. She was also helping in, in some beautiful ways. So it was, it was nice to to feel that. And what I remember of the 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 moment itself, of the divine moment, I was lying on the floor, the wood floor, God. <laughs> so I was lying face down, prostate on the floor. And that purging theme again too, because you know, like ayahuasca, is, you know, psilocybin can have the same effect, purging. And I was, I was again feeling yeah, I wanted to, I was feeling that bit of nausea. So there was some kind so I was spinning up a little bit. So being face down, I remember having some of my own, you know, saliva, whatever. It wasn't really vomit, but I had a little puddle there. <laughs> and kind of being grossed out, but the the shift happened when Yeshua showed up. Okay. It's like I was there just feeling like you know exhausted again, frustration, you know, just mental emotional pain and frustration and, and and then looking up and he he's there, he's, he's speaking to me. I think it, this might have been the moment. Uh, when he said those magic words, "I've got your back," <laughs> I've got your back, and and I I looked towards it and I saw not his face. I saw the face of Jesus <sighs> saying, as he's saying, you know, with his hand on me, like, "I've got your back," and and, and in that moment, I was like, oh. just this. Big release, you know, like, like a big song, like, ah <laughs> You know, no, I'm not alone in this struggle. You know, as much as the shaman, the others were supporting in their own way, but most of the others couldn't really support because they were going through their own process. You know, I I still felt alone in this struggle until I saw the face of the master. And that's when everything changed. That's when I felt, uh. Oh. I can breathe, I can breathe again. And and tears started flowing. It was miraculous that the shift had happened. And I, I went into deeper uh, purging, a little bit of physical, but also emotional purging, connecting with some other deep uh, suppressed stories. That's the power of Christ and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, why we're attracted to it. and at the same time, we can we can retract. Yeah, you can feel a combination of push and pull, right? Because because we know on some level, even if we've done haven't done this before, right? This type of healing, we know that it can be very painful, right? To reveal, to shed light, Christ light, the brightest, purest light on our darkness, our shadow. Could be painful, and of course, having gone through this in my case, no, numerous times, I know that that's part of the the purging. We, the pain is not going this way; it's going this way. It's the pain of the release, right? Like, like a, yeah, like a mother giving birth, right? And then it happens, right? The baby. Uh, you know, appears from the womb, and she feels relief, of course, no longer carrying that burden, if you will. Don't want to refer to a baby as a burden, but it's, just, you know, suddenly that emptiness, like a really good enema, right? It's like, ah, wow. Cause so, so it was like that. And then, the, and there was crying because so I was connecting with other aspects of my emotional life family life, things that I have suppressed and so on. And he's sitting there just like in that ayahuasca experience that came later in September. Just basically telling me, I've got your back. I'm here for you, Charles. You don't have to worry. There's nothing you need to worry about. I've got your back. WGTN Guatemala
1: Hola! We are Satkirtan and Haridam from the School of Nod, located in the beautiful Sound Temple San Marcos on the shores of Lake Atitlan in Guatemala. We are pleased to announce that after a year and several months of hosting in-person sound facilitator trainings, we are now offering our training course online. Yes, you are still welcome to join us here in the Sound Temple Dome for a three-week in-person experience that is truly transformational as per the testimonies we have gathered from past students. However, if you are not able to travel here for whatever reason, we have good news for you. This past summer we took the time to record and compile the 10 modules and all relevant resource material included in this 30-hour certification training and developed it as a comprehensive six-week online program. This program is a hybrid of pre-recorded materials along with live ceremony calls and ongoing support through a WhatsApp group chat. Several students have already completed the course and the results they are witnessing in their professional practice have been extraordinary. We invite you to check out our testimonials from recent graduates to hear for yourself and visit our website to learn more. That's www.schoolofnod.com. We thank you for listening. Now back to
0: the podcast. WGTN, Guatemala. And then some more miracles happened. And it's interesting because that year of 2012, those, those two key ceremonies, the last one we'll, we'll share tomorrow, happened in 2013, the following year. But in between those two ceremonies, I had a triple ceremony back in the forest of Quebec on the 20th, which culminated in the 20th of May, 2012. There was an alignment, the Earth, Moon, Sun, and the Pleiadian uh, constellation, the Pleiades. And in this particular alignment, which happens only once every 26,000 years, apparently, uh, Halcyon, Halcyon, the, one of the Pleiades, was, was the feature uh, star or the planet which is associated with the Hall of Records, the Akashic Records. I had a profound series of, of uh, ceremonies, uh, again, spontaneous. I was alone, totally alone for those three nights in the forest of Quebec. A lot of things were revealed. Paula, too, showed up. Um, and maybe maybe Christ was somewhat uh, removed this time again, because then there was also plant, some plant medicine <laughs> in in these uh, ceremonies of May of 2012, and why again? So, why do I want to share this story? Well, for one reason, uh, we are here in in Guatemala at a, at we call a spiritual mecca, well, Lago Atitlan. There's a there's a very, especially here in San Marcos on the lake, there's a high concentration of yogis and shamans practicing and offering their, their skills or their talents. Stretch out my legs here. And um, yeah, so it's helped to bring into focus the, these potentially conflicting paths. And yet all the time up until recently when I was seeing this potential conflict, yoga, my first love really or at least the path that I stayed with the longest, right, versus plant medicine, ayahuasca, psilocybin, DMT, all of these things. Having first arrived here in um, around 2015, 2016, so a few years after these events I'm sharing. Uh, at this point I'm definitely not I'm done right finally I, I cut the message to Christ light that the plant medicine is not the way for me but still I'm not I haven't committed to to Jesus to God directly I'm still still attached somewhat to the, to the, the Eastern way. You know, Hari Ram, I'm Hari Ram, I'm, I'm here and people get it, right? They, Hari Ram, Sat Nam, right? People from the 3HO and other, uh, you know, lineages, seeing and saying, you know, and honoring, coming to my yoga classes, Kirtan, of course, uh, and then, of course, and then bringing Sat Kirtan here a few years later. Kirtan, we're chanting, Sat Kirtan, she has, she has a, uh, a Grimuki name as well, like me, it's perfect, right? And I started to notice this, especially with living here at Sack for the last almost four years. It wasn't so clear before, although I always felt it from the very first moment, the Guatemalan, the locals, their, their heart strength, the purity of their soul and their generosity, even the most, the poorest generosity of spirit always smiling always uh, quick even to, to to greet to say buenos dias you know and of course, I couldn't help noticing this that the gringos all the foreigners coming here whether they were expats that had landed staying here like like us or tourists coming through uh, in many cases too many. <laughs> There was no contact there? no connection. They were literally in, in, a, in a small town like this, you know, the paths can be quite narrow. So I'm, li- I'm literally passing people sometimes, almost touching, and there's no contact, no greetings, stranger or Buenos uh, Dias. It's the exception with the gringos and, and other you know, foreigners much to my chagrin, because the complete opposite is true with the locals, the Guatemalans. This is the exception. It's rare that they do not acknowledge, they do not smile and and at least, you know, say, buenos dias or que tal, you know. It's rare. The norm is to to connect and to, to offer, you know, a nice simple gesture of, of warmth of, you know, welcome and, and have a beautiful day. Is that is it so difficult? I don't know. <laughs> Cause I, I want to ask some, some of the, the Gringos here sometimes, like, <laughs> is it, you know, there's different ways to pose the question, isn't there? Like one way is, do you find it more easy, somehow more beneficial for you to ignore people, to look away or. Not to greet your fellow beings, fellow residents of this town, this village, is it easier somehow than than to be congenial and and you know generous of heart? Because I, I, for me, there's no contest. It's much easier for me to be <laughs> to be generous with with my, you know. My love. Love is is meant to be shared, isn't it? You can't, one cannot hoard it. Love cannot be hoarded. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) Um, And what's even more fascinating now, having observed this pattern over and over again, uh, to the point that I feel like the, the people I feel closest to, feel the most love and respect for here, are primarily... The locals, the Guatemalans, simple people mostly, you know. And what I came to realize, of course, is that they there's a the Christian community <laughs> that I was missing in a sense because I kept getting the message over and over now and, and then. Re- reflecting this with Sadkirat and getting her, you know, reflection back and and it's very similar experience is that. We felt, if anything, we felt ostracized, marginalized by the the, the, the so-called spiritual community here who, um, no surprise probably to you that they, they're also into polyamory to some extent. And, and I hate to say it, but um, yeah, SBDM, whatever the letters are, you know, sadomasochistic behavior. I don't know, again, I don't want to say it, <laughs> how how many how widespread it is in this community. I do know it exists and personally I, I have no interest at all in, in SNM. Anything to do with SNM, I, I I personally, and this is before, long before I came back to Christ, right? <laughs> uh, I just felt, no, this is wrong, right? This con- consensual or not, it's just it's preposterous. Unless, and this is one exception for you, in a, in a, with, a, with a trained healer, shaman, who is using something like psychodrama, as I have used successfully in the last three decades, we can look at sexual <clears throat> perversion, uh, sexual abuse stories from the past or recent past in a constructive way. We don't have to act it out either, okay? (laughs) I want to make that very clear. You know, otherwise, I just don't get it. And again, I'm not into plant medicine. So all these things seem to coalesce. The plant medicine, the polyamory, and even these extreme kind of behaviors. Uh, It's not to, again, to point, you know, put the point the finger only at this community because i know this is just a reflection of many communities around the globe <clears throat> and what's interesting again is that that these foreigners coming here to offer their their medicine their healing practices none of them that <laughs> i can tell all of my time here brought christianity any even some form of christian mysticism nothing nothing to do with christianity and here they are in a very christian community we literally have a church some form of church whether it's a small kind of home church or large. every almost every corner sometimes two right <laughs> on every block that's how much the, the, the locals here are committed to to god to christ they're they, and they love to sing they love to worship <laughs> and here we are this is funny because when we moved to here into the sound temple we 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 have a tradition we've been doing kirtan together sat kirtan i since our days in in chiapas San cristobal de las casas chanting mostly gurmukhi mantras they're beautiful mantras from the the holy book, the scriptures of the Sikh faith, which which again uh, is also influenced by older stories from Sanskrit, yeah, and, and Muslim even, yeah. And here we are doing our, our, our version of, of kirtan, uh, for us, which is very much about worship, Uh, It's one of the things, one of the reasons I think we're both drawn to Gurmukhi chants as opposed to the Hindi ones is that none of us felt a connection really with the the ancient deities that are worshipped in, you know, other like Hindi style kirtan, right? Ganesha and Hanuman and Shiva and all, you know, Kali, right? It's never really resonated with much of that, um, or if at all. Um, and it's funny because like Friday is a perfect example. We do our kirtan here, we still do, as a new name. <laughs> Between 4:30 and six 6:30. And part of the reason for that is because right on the on the dot 6:30 p.m. usually on Friday, the the closest local church would start their worship worshiping Jesus, worshiping God uh, with live music as well. And they had a bass player. That was part of the reason we had to work around it because the bass player liked to crank up his uh, bass <laughs> amplifier so we could literally feel it. Um, and lo and behold, here we are 18 months later since moving into the temple and we're doing Jesus care time. <laughs> we're, we're chanting almost exclusively uh, to, to our Lord and Master Yeshua and getting high <laughs> every time like, like our lovely host, the Guatemalans who, who have welcomed us into their community yes, even though there's a strong uh, expat presence here I see this as the Guatemalan community. They are the ones who are holding space. They are the ones who are, have opened their arms to, to us to, to allow, you know, these foreigners to come in, of course, bringing some business, right, for them. And, and their humility, again, humility, not in any way trying to force their their religious beliefs on us, you know, Except if we're, if we're passing by the church and we maybe stopped to look in, they're like, yeah, come on in. They're very, you know, always like, come and join, join us. You know, so it, looking back in retrospect, it seems like the easiest transition. It was, it was meant to be, in a sense, that we would come around by to, to worshiping Jesus in our Friday evening kirtan. Hence the name Jesus kirtan. so i think i'm going to close this well maybe with some music because i know we didn't do any yet Um, and for me again the message that will come back again tomorrow in the final installment the third plant medicine ceremony that where jesus intervene. The message, I think, was was so simple. Basically, he came to tell me that that I don't need, I don't need these medicines. There's no need. There's no purpose. Uh, <laughs> there's other ways. If, if you want to, if you, you know, if somebody really wants to, to explore the, the shadow, you know, the collective shadow, I think in many ways is what's going on there, too, then you don't need to take ayahuasca or psilocybin, DMT. None of these are necessary. Mm -hmm. As I said, just the, the Christ light itself, by virtue of its power, magnificence will expose any shadows that we are carrying ourselves. That's why, again, it's important to have the right support because that could be, it could be like an upheaval. It could be a, a purging experience without the medicine, right? Uh, maybe a little gong, for example, right? <laughs> Gong bath. Because we're seeing this response in, in our sound baths, in our kirtan, all the time. People are having tangible physical responses emotional responses often people are in tears when they're sharing at the end <clears throat> so we're still using a lot of the same tools you See, so we have our shamanic tools but so far it feels good i'm open to any changes because again i have <laughs> Tari. what you want to be in this okay go go, here you go. this is our very lovely tara okay, here you go okay. <laughs> she likes the rattles. She's an angel. Oh, it's the rattles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can see, we still, we still have our shamanic tools. Um, kirtan tools. We're still singing bowls as well. Just now that we're, we're shifting our focus with to use all of these amazing sound tools, these ones, the appropriate ones, to, to worship God, to worship Yeshua, Jesus Christ. So let me, I'll close with an example. Here, here's something where we get to play with some frequency beats. I'm going to play um, some of the Tibetan bowls along with the crystal bowls. And there's actually, I mentioned the alchemy bowls. We have a set of three. We have three, three of our Tibetan bowls match up quite nicely. Same tone, almost the same tone. Because there's a slight difference, it creates a, a bit of a frequency beat. Yeah, we bring yeah. And having played with this, this melody came through using these three bowls, both the, the, the Tibetan and the crystal. So I'm going to play in a moment, and it, it inspired me to inject some words from the master, from the scriptures. This is from uh, the book of Thomas, <clears throat> Dead Sea Scrolls. It goes like this. <coughs> which lies within you, it will save you, your salvation. If you bring forth that which lies within you, it will save you, your salvation. There's a second part, the shadow side. The master says, if you do not bring forth that which lies within you, it will destroy you, your destruction. If you do not bring forth that which lies within you, it will destroy you destruction. That which lies within you, it will save you, your salvation. If you bring forth that which lies within you, it will save you, your salvation. Takes me back to um, yesterday, the first live yesterday, where I spoke about how welcoming Jesus fully into my life is bringing back all of these memories, including some of the ones I'm sharing with you. One thing that was very obvious um, my invocation as a healer is that I, I graduated from Shiatsu School in 1993. Basically, right from the start, um, I I would start every healing session with prayer, invoking my guides and support. And Yeshua was always number one, always. Over these last almost almost 30 years, (laughs) invoking Jesus in every healing ceremony, uh, every ceremony, really. Just, it, it took all this time for me to finally be ready, like to clear, clear slate, having gone full circle like Kirtan with, with plant medicine, and coming back and Jesus coming into me in my plant medicine j- journeys. You'll hear the last one tomorrow to say no. Wait. <laughs> you don't need you don't need this. <laughs> what do they do for us? Mm. We will touch on that tomorrow. If you anyone wants to offer feedback now or at a later date, looking at the replay, happy to respond. Thank you. We'll close again with a long-time son song. Real
1: quick, Amrit Premkar, she wrote.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow, what an incredible story. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh. Thank you, Amrit Premkar.
0: Thank you, Omer- Amrit Omer- Premkar. Thanks
1: for doing it again.
0: hmm There's more tomorrow. Tell your friends. (laughs) Same time, same channel. (laughs) we will do another version of the long time sun song. Feel free to sing with bring your hands in prayer position. The (laughs) heart. May the long time sunshine upon. All love surrounds you, and the pure light within you, guide your way on. May the long time sunshine upon you, all love surrounds you. way on Guide your way on Guide your way on. Feeling a Christ light <laughs> May the long time sunshine upon you All love surround your way in oh. the long time sunshine upon you All love surround you And the life within you Guide your way oh. Guide your way oh. Guide your way Guide your way. You. Inhale for a long. Suck no? <laughs> down. So. So inhale deeply. Feel the presence. Call it Holy Spirit, the Holy Nod within. Honor this, know the beauty, the grace. Give thanks. Exhale. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you. Gratitude. And I'm grateful for all of you, grateful to Sad Kirtan for supporting behind the scenes and for all of you tuning in. Tomorrow, yes, the last story. Uh, we return to Quebec. The last story is unique from the other two because it wasn't planned. And there was no, uh, so there was no group, there was no shaman, just me alone <laughs> in my forest house. Very interesting uh, story same time tomorrow 5 30 eastern time hope you can join us and um till then god bless ekonkar sri wahi amen hallelujah
1: we thank you for tuning in
0: Please make sure to subscribe so not to miss a single episode.
1: We depend on you, our listeners, to build and expand our audience. To share the nod.
0: So, if you like what you hear, please do not hesitate to share with your friends, family, and community. Sat